Welcome to Election Smelection, and a special hello to our new listeners on Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public, joining the Spotify and Anchor crowd. I'm Abby Tartellen. We're just waiting for those big timers at Apple to come on board, and then we can really kick this party up a notch, which is excellent news, because when we know what's going on and we're not paying attention to all the horn honking and mad waving crowding the pages of billionaire-owned print media, elections are fun. They even have two types of party. Number one is the type I hope you might join me in having on December the 12th, where you crack out the snacks and hack your way into some election coverage only licensed payers should be able to see. And number two is the special kind of club we call a political party. So let's answer the question, what is a political party? In the UK's December 12th general election, people will cast votes for candidates who are standing as members of political parties, as well as for independent candidates, those not affiliated with any particular party. Parties in the UK include, but are not limited to, in alphabetical order, the Brexit Party, Change UK, the Conservative Party, the Democratic Unionist Party, otherwise known as the DUP, the Green Party, the Labour Party, the Liberal Democrats, Plaid Cymru, the Scottish National Party, known as the SNP, the Scottish Green Party, Sinn Féin, the Social Democratic and Labour Party, otherwise known as the SDLP, and the Ulster Unionist Party. We'll get into some of those parties in the next episode of Election Smelection, but let's take a step back for a second. What actually is a political party? How are they formed? Why do people join them? And what do they do? Political groups, or factions as we call them, have been around since ancient Greece and probably long before. Imagine if you wanted your government to do something, and it so happened you were in government along with some of your friends. It would be far easier to join up together to get something done, and it might be fun to give yourselves a jaunty little name. The Tories and the Whigs are the UK's first on-record modern political parties, and also the first in the world, which is a nice thing to lay claim to. The Whigs grew out of the Roundheads, or Parliamentarians, who fought against the King in the Civil War. They were essentially driven by wanting an early form of democracy, a constitutional monarchy, where a king or queen rules a country within a legal framework and with a parliament, as opposed to an absolute monarchy where the king or queen is absolutely in charge and can do whatever they like. This constitutional monarchy is what we have in Britain today. The group were nicknamed Whigs mockingly after a band of Presbyterian Scottish rebels and their rivals were nicknamed just as mockingly after Irish royalist rebels. The year was 1679 and the Whigs were worried that if King Charles I died, his brother James II would come to the throne. James was a Catholic and believed in absolute monarchy. The Whigs were Church of England and believed in a government where Parliament could put the brakes on an unwieldy monarch. The Whigs tried to get James excluded from the line of succession, which is the term we use to describe how kings and queens inherit the throne by blood. A majority in government supported them, so Charles II's gov- <laughs> a majority in government supported them, so Charles II prorogued, meaning dismissed, Parliament. Sound familiar? They tried to exclude James again the following year, but this time the bill didn't pass the House of Lords. Those who didn't support the bill in the House of Commons were called the Tories. The Tories had been royalists in the Civil War, and Toryism came over time to mean traditionalist and monarchist politics. Successive kings and queens ruled with both Tories and Whigs in Parliament for the next few hundred years, occasionally dismissing the Whigs from government. In the 1800s, the Whigs passed a Voting Reform Act, abolished slavery, and passed laws which helped the poor. They were the Liberals of the day. But during the late 1800s, the party split. Some members joined with Tories to form the Liberal Party, 
and some joined with other Tories to form the Conservative Party we know today. The Conservative Party held power during the last government. The Labour Party were then the largest opposition party, but Labour and Conservatives have passed power back and forth since the end of the Second World War. The only time another party has been in power was during the Conservatives' 2010 coalition with the Liberal Democrats. The Labour Party originated in the late Victorian era after voting reforms gave the right to vote to many working-class people, particularly from the cities, who hadn't had that right before. The trade union movement was taking place at the same time, working to protect people from dangerous working conditions and workers from poverty, even though trade unions had been banned by government. Philosopher John Stuart Mill, alive at the time, neatly explains the benefits of the movement and the fears of its wealthy middle-class opponents. If the working class could organise themselves, he said, quote, they might doubtless succeed in diminishing the hours of labour and obtaining the same wages for less work. They would also have a limited power of obtaining, by combination, an increase of general wages at the expense of profits. The Liberal Party of the time supported the first Labour candidate to stand in an election, George Odger, to run in Southwark in 1870. It might be clear now that political parties in the UK are formed on the basis of similar interests. Way back in the 1600s, the Tories and the Whigs formed out of Royalist versus Parliamentarian sentiments. Later, the Labour Party formed to represent the interests of workers as opposed to the wealthy landowners who had previously dominated government. In the last 100 years, parties have formed for the same reason, of gathering around similar interests or with a particular aim. Plaid Cymru was formed in 1925 with the aim of preserving Welsh language and culture, and the Green Party formed during the 1970s and 80s around the concept of sustainability. This year, the Brexit Party was founded by the ex-leader of UKIP, with the main aim of getting the UK to leave the European Union. In the UK, the political parties all publish a manifesto, which is a document that lists the policies, aims and promises of the parties. When voters read these manifestos and consider each party's record during times they've been in government, this can make voting easier and clearer. Members of Parliament who are in a party agree to vote for the policies the party has collectively agreed upon and published in the manifesto. Each party has a person who is tasked with making sure everybody turns up to vote and votes how the party have agreed. This person is called the whip, after the term whipper in, used in fox hunting, as a name for the person who uses a whip to drive straying hounds back into the hunting pack. Unsurprisingly, this term whip harks back to the good old days of the 1700s, when government was filled largely with aristocrats and gentry. We'll be looking at those manifestos in more detail in episodes to come, and we'll be discussing the parties running for election on December the 12th. If you would like to leave me a voicemail, you can do so in the Anchor app. Maybe you want to let me know who you're voting for or how you're feeling about voting. You can also get in touch with me on Instagram at AbigailTartellin underscore and on Twitter at AJKTartellin and you can find out how to spell my last name in the podcast description. In tomorrow's episode of Election Schmelection, we ask the question, what does left wing and right wing mean? I'll see you then.